What's up, guys? Next week, The Ringer will host their first ever crossover live podcast featuring Ryan Rosillo from Dual Threat and Kevin Clark and Robert Mays from The Ringer NFL Show. They'll be at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas on November 12th after the Monday Night Football game. For more info and links to tickets, check out The Ringer's Twitter and Instagram. Basketball is very good. Anthony Davis will win the MVP this year. The Hawks trading Doncic was a smart move. What if the Cavs are better without LeBron? Basketball is very good. Hello, it's the Ringer NBA show and this is Group Chat. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm joined by Justin Verrier. Hi. Paolo Getty. I feel like that gets longer every time. I'm working on a bit. Haley O'Shaughnessy. Group Chat, sponsored by Boston. But Should I do the entire episode as a character from The Departed since we have to make up for our Boston snub from our tears. I see you, Boston. (laughs) You're not better than ya. Um, They are better than they are. They're six and four. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Celtics. We're going to talk a little bit about the Lakers. And then we're going to talk about a piece that Justin Verrier wrote on the ringer.com about what makes a good league pass team and why the Lakers might be the best league pass team we've ever had. Excellent writer. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about these six and four Boston Celtics to start with. And the incredibly not mad online Kyrie Irving, who <laughs> loves to let so younger bitter. players players thrive, <laughs> and apparently is just a real stickler for the old rules of basketball. Yeah, who knew? I support this. Not the totally. old who rules knew that he of gravity. All tradition. Yeah, <laughs> just believes in history. He's multidimensional. Um, have you guys? What do you guys think of Boston so far this year? Well, is this a, is this a case of perception where it's like this is a six and four team, just like the Sixers are seven and five, just like tons of teams are six and four and seven and five, and they've got some some sputtering going on, but they're they're getting there. I think the assumption is that they're going to get better. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean that's always the assumption. You have so many talented players on that team. At the same time, I think that there's also this looming like maybe post All Star, maybe right before, where we're gonna find out that someone is extremely unhappy with their playing time. Could that someone have and, be from Louisville, Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'm gonna say somebody in the starting lineup. Okay. And my vote is Jalen Brown. I think he's gonna be frustrated. We've already seen like a couple times when he has not been chosen to close out games uh when he feels like he should have. And last year he did. Last year he was in those moments, so that's a tough thing to accept. You have to take a step back. I think they're kind of boring, which wow. is yes. a bummer considering yes, they are. What, that's why we forgot what they them. were last <laughs> season. Like there was such a fun, scrappy, like, oh, here comes Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown team to like that we almost like had to like them because it was like impossible not to. Whereas this season they've kind of just been a little I don't know, just they more, lack like, effervescence. Yeah, exactly. And like I agree with Haley that there's some of that is due to the fact that, you know, who takes fewer shots and whatnot. And and part of it was like, that's, this was my take at the beginning, before the season was, I think we're underestimating how much time it's going to take them to gel a little bit. Obviously, knowing that like Gordon Hayward, like Kevin O'Connor wrote about on the site this week, like has to be eased back into full health. So I don't know. They just, they're not that interesting to me. <laughs> I mean, part of it is because they're playing like the Memphis Grizzlies from like 2012. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their defense is elite. And I guess their offense is 23rd. Yeah. Like it, they're pretty much falling back into the 24th. They're who we yeah. thought the Jazz were going to be last season. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I guess there's some reason for optimism for that because they can just rely on their defense and grind out games in November and October and they'll be fine probably while their offense comes along. At the same time, like I, I'm not ready to worry about Gordon Hayward yet. But if we're if he is playing like this a month from now, I think they have major concerns because who fills that role? 
Brad's a very uh, Brad Stevens is it, you know doles out a lot of minutes to a lot of different players. They're a deep team. Uh, I think that there was a certain logic to them, especially weirdly in the playoffs without Kyrie. Not that you would ever say you actually want Terry Rozier over Kyrie Irving, but the next man up thing really works when all those next men have to step up. Sure. But if you're just asking all these next men up who know they can play in the league to take 20 minutes a game, 18 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, and then you've got a lot of strong personalities on the team who are like, I'm going to take the shot when I get it. And then you've got guys like Aaron Baines who have been like, liberated to just chuck threes all the time. I just think that there's... And Marcus Smart. There's something yeah. on the... Yeah. thinks he's God, Steph Curry, given gift to earth. They, and will shoot five threes no matter what, yes. even if he goes over five yes. every time. Yes, which is like, it's funny. It's like, that's exactly what Sixers fans kind of want Markel to do. Mm. They just want him to play more like Marcus Smart. <laughs> but this is the flip side of that, is right. that you have to take a lot of bricks... And you have to wa- and you have to watch as guys who were like I would have made that shot are like okay go ahead get your shots off like there was almost like an innocent spirit about the team last year like everyone was yeah. fighting toward a collective like oh like let's just prove everybody wrong well it was and like we Stevens I think, maximizing the potential yeah, of a like, bunch of like castoffs well kinda. yeah we see like Yabu and Semi kind right. of like highly specific things but it would work and so that's what made them so charming and exciting and you just are not the same charming team if your offense isn't exciting. And what I'm hearing from you guys right now is when is the internet going to come for Brad Stevens? Oh my God. Because right, he has because, all the offensive right. talent in the world and yet they're what, 24th you said? Yeah, and 24th. isn't that why we love him? Those exciting plays. Best defense, those... 24th in offense. 538 has him at 53 and 39 projected record now. Westgate closed on them with an over-under of 59 wins. So that's like five, six wins less than what they, they were projected to win. And I do think like a, a a good, like young star player, I think there is a certain level of like maturity and there's like a different like muscle group that you're flexing when you have this many players that you have to manage. Like Greg Popovich obviously is one of the better tacticians in the league, but he's also one of the best kind of organizers and, and guys who can get people in their right roles. And it's, I think there's like something to be said about this being a particular challenge for Brad more than anybody else on the team. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they have eight, eight, eight or nine really good players. And usually with Popovich, when he pulls like, I just yanked all my starters, it's like a bit. But the guys who are coming in, the guys who are around are your Derek Whites, are your are your your Forbeses and your right. you know, like guys that nobody else knew about until they wound up on San Antonio. I think that's why. Well, exactly. And that was the case last year with Brad. Yeah. And right. all of those people who like literally in the middle of the season we were Googling. Yeah. Yeah. And and Terry we, we guys like Terry Rogier, we were like, this is this is a joke, right? No, and I then, mean yeah. he's never been a joke. No, okay. Let's just walk <laughs> that one back. But even I also think it's at the end of the day, like I think Jason Tatum kind of summed it up too nicely. I think he had a quote the other day was like the th- the shots we're taking or he said the shots are just aren't as open this year. Mm-hmm. Which is like that's just like the Which market is so correcting weird against them. because now they have more talent. So they should be spacing available. it out. Everybody right. yeah. so they should have more threats on offense. They, their shots should be better and more open. So they lost to... Uh, <laughs> Paul and I just shrugged at each other. Yeah, that's, just, <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about the mess. Celtics. I mean, I just, I'm just shrugging. Like, they'll be fine, but I'm just... But I don't at what really point, care at what point are we right like, now. okay, if they don't turn this around? There's no, there's no turning around. I mean, they're above 500. They're going to make the playoffs. But and- no, but I would disagree because turnaround relative to expectations. We definitely expected them to have a better start than this. I don't know oh. about you. I had the Raptors as the number one team in the East. Well, but you the- didn't think that Boston would be... Yeah, that's true. I I thought there would be a two seed. More so, yeah. competitive? Right. To the that's point true. where we were saying about just like the offense kind of needing to figure itself out, uh, it does feel like it's easier when you have this many offensive 
like talents and superstars mm-hmm. to move the ball in the way that the Warriors do. Mm-hmm. And I just looked this up real quick. The Warriors lead the league in assists. The Celtics are middle of the road around, yeah. around the Spurs, Suns, Grizzlies, those sorts of teams. I do think it's a lot easier if you're running in motion rather than maybe running like just like diagrammed set plays. Sure. Uh, so perhaps there's something they could learn from a team like like Golden State. Obviously, everyone can, but I think a team like this, where they're switching on defense and playing like that, like the Warriors in that regard, maybe they can bring that that, act, that activity to offense. Yeah, yeah sure. and just to take it back to where we started, there's there's numbers and then there's attitude, and I think that there was something about. Um, the way in which Kyrie Irving was talking last year about like how he had sort of found his basketball soulmate and Brad Stevens and that he was enjoying the sport so much <laughs> and all these guys who were like kind of um, their, their talent level was getting maximized by Stevens last season. And just to see them lose to Denver, which is fine. A lot of several teams have lost to Denver this year and Irving getting really so like weirdly annoyed by Jamal Murray, I guess what, like running up the score at the end was what his, his case was? Like, he, so. he was mad that he took the last second shot. He said, if you're going to get 50, do a drug regulation. But here's the thing. Why wouldn't you take that last second shot? It's not like he was going to hit an arbitrary number. He's going to hit 50 points if he made it. Yeah. He's that 21. And then But it's one thing to have a negative reaction to that. It's another thing to throw the ball into the rafters. It definitely felt like frustration getting out. Yeah, you know that saying? was like sore loser ridden all over. And sore knees. He's talked about how like he's playing through, <laughs> but he's talking about how he's playing through what this sort transition. of, this, this is his, in his knee injuries, he had two off-season knee surgeries. He doesn't seem to be like really enjoying it the way he was last year. No, and his big like, like statement was to cut his hair <laughs> and apparently yeah. that was after Tommy Heinsohn basically criticized him for being a little bit overweight Yeah, and, and it does seem like that's the move now because John Wall who is <laughs> the least original person ever also did that same yeah. thing it's just like I'm so serious now I got a haircut <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about uh, two other teams uh, well the other team that is the like the other sort of foundational NBA team the Lakers uh, who played the Timberwolves last night I know Haley you went to this game I went to the did game did you go to this game pal I was not there no. Uh, and then Justin obviously wrote a lot about the Lakers today. Um, strange game, kind of uh, all the best and worst qualities of the Lakers on display. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fascinating how much they relied on Chandler last night, but it was also interesting to watch how much Chandler did stuff that they were lacking. I want to uh, also say, I think that we should take it as uh, I don't want to like be insulting to their offense, but like he assimilated himself so quickly. Oh, yeah. For a good oh, reason. Oh, yeah. Coach Rondo for you. Yeah. So simple. Well, look at what McGee has done. Their offense is so simple. McGee is basically just running and dunking. And yeah. that's essentially what yeah. they need and Chandler to do. And he's proved extremely valuable doing but it. But Chandler's exactly. also sending like, some bone crunching screens. Like there were a couple <laughs> yeah. of screens last night. There was a certain level of physicality that I think JaVale will do in spurts, but is 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 easily blown off of the, the court, like in certain ways. Sure. And obviously, like yeah. He's only ever really played like 18 to 20 minutes a game. He's always been like right. the 22-minute guy. Yeah, and when he was gone, they were playing Kuzma at the five. They're playing like, you know, they're playing LeBron at the five sometimes. They're, they're just getting bullied. To see Chandler down there, and especially at the end of that game, which was essentially all effort, all tapping the ball out, and almost using the, the Wolves' worst qualities against them, which is like le- lack of effort, essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. like and getting just right. dominated by one guy. And I, you know, I don't think it's sustainable. Chandler looked completely gassed at the end of that game. You know, he played so much, but it did make a little bit of a difference. 
Yeah, he kind of fits with their general aesthetic, not only because he, he basically is a like an older version than McGee, who's already a little old, but like a lot of what the Lakers are doing are off effort, except mm-hmm. for LeBron, who's coasting through most of the game still. Yeah. Like it's basically just a lot of young players running with like their hair on fire. And yeah. it works to a large extent because like that chaos creates like really fun basketball and like really good opportunities. Like you saw it earlier in the game, the ball was pinging yeah. like right off the tip. And I wrote about this today, but they run this play now when ever JaVale McGee wins the tip off, he goes and runs immediately to the hoop for an alley-oop look. And yeah. it's just like, that's the type of uh, game they're running. And I think Chandler, you could just slot him in there and he just fits whatever they want to do. He brings a lot more, shall we say like, girth if you will yeah, yeah. like you know like i think like javel is more on the nimble side of like that running rim running big man whereas like chandler can do what we saw him do last night which was like stuff basically start a, a wall in the paint and like be like okay cat like see if you can get through it and it's just it makes a big difference on so, if you're just going to run a pretty rudimentary offense that has some high screens and chandler's the one setting the screen I saw a couple guys melt off screens last mm-hmm. night when when LeBron would just like run them off of Chandler and Chandler would just like body dudes. Mm-hmm. So it is it does matter. Um, let's talk about the dudes he was bodying. <laughs> uh, what a what a weird, unfun, and just kind of like like a disaster of a team the Timberwolves are. Even <laughs> though they were like winning for much of the game. Yeah. Even though another big performance from Rose. Even though Butler was playing. I, I can't think of a team that I've seen that seems more disinterested in each other in a long time. I think Charks put this in Slack, but like it is amazing how poorly put together they are. Yeah. yeah. How just absolutely nothing clicks. And how they're in games, the last two games, because Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose right. is yeah. leading them. Yes. Like making threes suddenly out of nowhere. Yeah, Derrick Rose is making threes. Who else was it that had a three line last night? Jimmy Butler. Well, you said Wiggins too. Had, Wiggins, Wiggins had a three. And that is, yeah, Wiggins and was that and Taj Gibson. Oh, yeah, right. That's three right. Three threes. Yeah. And that is just the thing about that is it's abnormal. And it's not going to happen every game. It's not going to happen every four games. They're not a good three-point shooting team. I think we we just got done talking about how complicated the Lakers like plan for success is. The Wolves are basically that team. They just don't know it. Mm-hmm. They think they're this like grinded out Tibbs defensive team, but mm-hmm. they're awful on defense in large part because Tibbs is still trying to play defense as if it were 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all offense. And like it's good that they're shooting threes because they need those extra points to hang in games. But at the same time, you look at just the the general like uh, organization on the court. It, it's really kind of like just passing it off to guys and someone getting hot. And it's kind of like they realize it towards the end as the game goes on because they have so much enthusiasm at the start. Like last night, I was really pleased with how Cat came out and started the game. Like he dunked over JaVale and then he blocked LeBron. It was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And then you could just see his effort fade I don't like. Away. I, I think that there's something to the the disconnect between the way that we read body language and the way that we see things happen out on the court or maybe even notice things in locker rooms versus what they actually are. But I will definitely say that Cat looked like a guy going to work where it was like he started his day with the best of intentions mm-hmm. and with a good attitude had a hot coffee and a couple things yeah. broke wrong and he was just like fuck this mm-hmm. and took you could an extra see it. long lunch break and you t- and you can just watch those guys that was- <laughs> sounds familiar I was telling Justin before we came in here that there was this uh, something I saw a couple times last night was Butler gets the ball at the top of the key starts to dribble over to sort of like the far corner draws I guess a kind of I wouldn't call it a very intense double team but draws the attention of two defenders brings those two defenders over to the corner 
and then just like hands it to a shooter in the corner so that the shooter in the corner is actually triple teamed. <laughs> and that's the offense. That's and everybody else is standing around looking. And then it's like, oh, maybe Towns is going to know he's not going to get the rebound. Because Towns is getting absolutely worked by Chandler yeah. physically. Oh, my God. And, the, and like you said, he just so easily looked defeated. Yes. And then when the he was playing with Josh Okogie and Tyus Jones briefly, I wouldn't say that. I don't think he played a lot with them. What a bright spot. Josh Okogie. Okogie. His yeah. body language completely changed. Don't His break him, Tim. effort changed. He was up and down the floor faster. He was popping out of the post to like get to spots differently. You could just tell that he fucking hates going to work with Jimmy Butler every day. I mean, point, wouldn't you want to go to work with, some, with like a coworker who likes you and doesn't make your life hell and say that you're not doing your job right? Haley is looking right at Paulo right now. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there was actually that one play where uh, the ball, like, I guess the Lakers made a bucket and the ball was like dribbling on the ground and Towns went to go get it and then turned around and made Jimmy go get it. So good for him. Yeah, fighting back. This is why this whole thing, just like the start of the season for the Wolves, honestly feels like death by like a thousand paper cuts because it's like, all right, like let's do something. You know what I'm saying? Like either get rid of Jimmy or like, I don't know. Like, or I pick just, someone up, sign I, somebody. I just like, think they need to get on with their life. Like, yeah, they definitely. Can't stay yeah, in this it's, a, it's just it's one of those so things that would be the most boring oral history ever because this is the, <laughs> or it would, it would actually be very exciting for like that practice. That but practice. The, yeah. the six weeks where Glenn Taylor was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, it would just be like, "What's going on? What are He's you? Like, what's the well, plan?" It turned to November. I go to my cabin all of November. Yeah. So, Gosh, <laughs> yeah, see you just, guys in December. Um, I do want to say something positive about the Wolves, though. Wow. Last night, I noticed that Andrew Wiggins' shot selection has His gotten, shot selection has Incredible. gotten much better. And you know Not why that I realized in. that. Well, no. <laughs> he, he took he, seven threes. He was eight for 14 from the field. But I do want to say that I, I saw him like hesitate a couple times and then he would just pass it off. And I was like, Wiggins doesn't hesitate. And then I realized it's because he was like double teamed. But mm. before he would have taken that shot. Last season, he would have taken that shot. Progress. When you it's read progress. stories about all these teams that are playing, you know, Maury Ball style offenses a lot. And you like, for instance, the Bucks, right? Like, so like the... All the stuff coming out of the Bucks camp, especially before the season and during the season, it's just Giannis being like, he just wants me to shoot. And if I miss, it's like more valuable that I take the shot. And it's like this, everybody's just imploring like, hey, this is the kind of offense we're running. You're going to miss half the shots you take. More than that, keep taking them. Keep trying. We're going to get better. We're going to get better. You can see like even with Wiggins making better choices shooting wise, when he would miss it kind of looked like he got like a D on a paper. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he looked like a guy who was like, I'm going to hear about this. I'm going to get like a, a tough look from... I mean, Tibbs is going to yell at me. Jimmy's going right, to yell at me. Right, like, right. It just looked like there was no room for like the normal failure that takes place 50% right. of offensive possessions. Mm. That's never, ever been Tibbs. I mean, I, I can see it, it get him getting extremely tough feedback for that because I remember... When Chris Dunn was on the team and he would make one mistake, he get yanked. Throwback. Like three, yeah, he get yanked. He get yeah. benched, and so his, his like any offensive growth he was gonna have got totally stunted. It, it's hard to like quantify like chemistry and culture, but it just doesn't feel like a workplace environment where like it's like up to ground for the young players to succeed. Well, yeah, that's that's a real failure of the ownership right. because it's not why you hired Tom Thibodeau in the first place. Right, and you don't pay Andrew Wiggins, a player who hasn't shown much of anything, yeah. the max. And I, I don't feel sorry for Andrew Wiggins. He accepted all that money and mm -hmm. he, he accepted the responsibility that comes along with it. And at the same time, I don't know if he was in a different culture if it would matter anymore. 
So what do you mean sure. by that? You think that like if he was if Andrew Wiggins is on the Bucks, do you think he's he's Chris Middleton? Like I mean, he would probably be encouraged more to shoot, but as we just diagnosed, like he was doing that pretty freely in yeah. the game. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell like the the uh, advantage of like positive thinking and 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 motivation there, but it just seems like he kind of is who he is, and it, it seems like he almost struggles to do multiple things at once. I mean, we talked about this on Slack mm-hmm. last night. It, it essentially is just like, if he is looking to shoot, he's not looking to drive. And if he's not uh, scoring, he maybe will focus in on defense. But if he's not playing defense, maybe he won't score. And so versatility is almost like it's it's lost because he can only do one of those things. At a Which second. really hurts when, like, you know, say, switching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And help defense. Any observations on Jimmy Butler last night? Just don't I mean, yeah. Honestly, he is the one constant. Like he always plays the same, which is so weird. He just doesn't care about anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Jimmy Butler here. All right, let's take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsors, and we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what makes a good league pass team, which is not the Timberwolves. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show is brought to you by Microsoft Surface. Thank you, Microsoft Surface, for being a sponsor of the show. You need a new device that helps you get stuff done, but is also perfect when you want to catch up on some fun, like streaming live sports or checking in on your fantasy team. Check out the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. Just take the keyboard off and use it like a tablet or snap it back on and use it like a laptop. And with up to 13 and a half hours of battery life and the new 8th gen Intel Core processor, it's everything you love about the Surface Pro, now even more powerful. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show is brought to you by the big homies over at Hotel Tonight. Here is a little insider travel secret from our friends at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. Did you know that, Haley? Yes. Well, that's probably because you're an avid user of Hotel Tonight. Because I listen to your ads. Hotel Tonight has partnered with these awesome hotels to help them sell those unsold rooms, which means you get incredible deals. Seriously, if you love scoring amazing hotel deals, you got to try Hotel Tonight. Forget scrolling through never-ending lists. Hotel Tonight shows you a select list of incredible deals at cool hotels that they think you will love. And they even give short profiles of each hotel, complete with all the info you need and pictures of what the rooms really look like. Plus, even though their name is Hotel Tonight, you just don't you don't just do them for last minute bookings you can book in advance it's perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways three-day weekends staycations road trips business trips booking a place with a pool and more i have used hotel tonight multiple times over the last two years i've even got this new habit justin where i just jam up hotel tonight and i say what like what looks cool and maybe i go there you know like i don't tell hotel tonight where to go i say you tell me where to go beach maybe desert who knows Start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. All right, we are back. Group chat. We're talking about what makes a good league pass team. And that's because Justin Verrier wrote a really cool piece today about the Lakers. We've been writing about the Lakers a lot, so it's we're always looking for different ways to talk about them. But I thought that this was a fascinating and very true piece because aside from our sort of LA uh, hipster elite media bubble, I think that this is a fascinating team outside of LeBron because of this, you know, for all the reasons you lay out in your piece. So can you tell me a little bit about when you first kind of started thinking about this? Like at, at what point you were like, oh, this kind of made this team is kind of like catnip for like 
for for League Pass. I think it started in the first preseason game. Like yeah. we were talking about earlier, that one play was the the first play they ran was a alley-oop off a tip-off. And it really just trickled down from there to the to the first game they played in in Portland was close and and was competitive. And then pretty much every game they played ever since uh has been competitive. And if you look at like what we're looking for in a nightly watch, it's a, it's just a teams that go back and forth, teams that run at high pace, and they really just like lean into that more than any other team because on top of that on top of being just this team struggling to figure out who they are and struggling against every opponent that they have they're also a LeBron team which means that there's a lot of drama they're also a young team which means that they have all these young prospects we're interested in and they are a legacy team which means that everyone expects to compete for the title every year yeah I mean it's it's the 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 fact that LeBron still has that um it's a, it's not even appointment viewing. It's like the circus is in town. It's to say, like I remember, like so vividly from when Miami first started playing in that when when he'd gone to the Heat, and they would come to towns, and it would just be like kind of like the sporting event of the week. It would just be like, are you gonna go see Miami? You're gonna go see Miami? You're gonna try to get tickets to Miami? Have you read like old like NBA history books? Like that's how it was with all of the like with Will and yeah. like, with yeah. Russell and like be well and even before then, like when it was barely televised, like that was always how it was. Yeah, you know, and and now that's like. I mean, yeah, that's always been LeBron. But it's 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 kind of got a new layer this time because teams actually, they can beat LeBron. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like most times when LeBron, I mean, yeah. he has slow starts in the past. Obviously, the Miami started out like kind of like, I think five and five or nine and 10 or something like that. And then went on to be amazing. But that first Cleveland year was really bad. Then they were like a 50, 60 win team or whatever. But this year, it's the year that you're kind of like, oh yeah, anybody has a shot at these Lakers. And well, precisely the reason that you kind of laid out, which is that right. like, there's going to be so many possessions mm-hmm. and there's going to be so much live ball action off of missed threes kind of that, that it, it does get up and down and you can get back in games on them. And that's why I think the point about how close games are, like, no matter what, like, if they're down 20, they'll probably come back and, like, make it close. And, like, I think that's such a, an appealing concept. And that, that, I think, has been the most appealing thing to me is, like, not only can you beat LeBron, mm-hmm. but even if you're beating him, he will try and come back and possibly, like, beat you in the same in the same span of a quarter. You know Hell, I'll saying? go a step further. I Last night, it seemed like LeBron was helping Minnesota get back God, in. It. I'm like, stop <laughs> pulling. Stop running up with a defender in your face and like taking a pull-up three. He was just like looking it off. Ingram was wide open works. a couple of LeBron, those times at the like, end of games. Like so Ingram would be standing you. there. Yeah. yeah. No, like literally me, not like a defender. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's what I have to say about that. I think that in Miami and even in Cleveland with Kevin Love, it, the difference was, was it was more like what Boston's going through now. They have the talent. They just have to figure it out, right? And sure. to Miami, much more of a degree than in Cleveland when you were there. Sure. Now, I'm like... No, you guys are a league pass team because you are like a compilation of past league pass teams. Like you have Lance Stevenson. That's the reason we watch the Pacers. You have Michael Beasley. When he would go off, like that's the reason we'd watch the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like that is now you don't have that. Oh, we're going to figure it out because we're all really good. Yeah, and there's there's something about LeBron kind of being in his senior moment here, uh-huh. where it's almost like the God, league. He looks so annoyed. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like he is almost existing on a different like plane as the rest of his team. Uh, I I described it as almost like being the instructor at a fantasy camp, where it's just like you're just looming over the entire team, and you're yeah. like you're technically in tr- control of right. everything that's happening, but at the same time, if they screw up, you're probably just going to yell at them and just blame them for doing it. There is like a a feeling even going to the games and like even being inside the locker room that you get that feeling. I mean, you've been there. You've seen like it's it's like a mass crowd to LeBron and then it all kind of spreads out to the other players, but you know, for post game. And he just, 
he he just stays there and he's going about his business and doing his things, but he kind of like lords over it. It's really yeah. weird. It's it, I think that what we're getting at though is is this uh, you know I, it, basketball doesn't owe us entertainment necessarily, but I do think that like football and with the spread offenses there and and like in European soccer where it's very invoked to have these kinds of blitzing counterpressing teams that are always going for, like taking as many shots as possible over the course of a game. Baseball, I don't you know. I can't really account for baseball, but more and more sports are pivoting towards being like the most entertaining possible versions of themselves. Well, baseball is uh, trying to speed up. It's trying. So I guess maybe I, I, I would I would point you to a, a few playoff games where I feel like I aged two years during like pitching change. I fell asleep during at least three. <laughs> yeah, but it it is it is interesting to consider like what a league pass team is when so many teams are playing are trying to play so fast and yeah. play so entertaining. So let's go beyond the Lakers. Let's talk a little bit about what we look for when we're looking for a league pass team. And I think it's, it's actually worth mentioning that a league pass team is not quite the same thing as you have to watch the Warriors tonight because they, you know, th- it's like it's your duty as a sports fan to Yeah, no, to, a league pass team greatness. is like, you don't, like, winning is not what makes a league pass right. team. Right, right. Like, I kind of think, sometimes I think of a league pass team as like a great episode of House. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> okay. Sure. No, I hear you saying. You're like, wait, because it's on. It was a safety yeah. pin in his esophagus. Yeah, it's lupus. <laughs> uh, it's it, it's always lupus uh, on Tuesdays, you know, like or whatever. And you're home, and you're just kind of like, well, what am I going to watch? And then yeah. you get this 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 run of you can have ten different channels. It's like, what are you going to choose? What's going to provide you with the most reliable level of of entertainment? And and in a strange way, won't actually demand that you have like a lot to say about it. You know what I mean? Like there is a certain, because I think that that yeah, is yeah, kind yeah. of, that is part of it. And you wrote a lot about this idea of the middle and how the middle is sort of looked down upon in the NBA, but that's where you find all the interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. It's basically the team butting up against like the reality mm-hmm. of like the, the world, uh, the real world expectations that kind of the good teams set. Like you can build for a year or two and you could have fun just kind of messing around and, and turning it all over and, and playing fast. But at a certain point, you have to kind of of uh, figure out who you are. And like, there are so many teams in that middle now yeah. that are butting up against that. And at the same time, butting up against a lot of the other teams in the league because they could usually hang for the most part, but a lot of times it can go either way. And so that kind of unknown quality in a league like the NBA, which is probably the most easy to predict yeah, out of pretty, all of them. Yeah. Like we kind of know what we're getting into most years. I think that is is often what I kind of draw myself, or right, myself drawn right. to. Right, and the, I think the concept of a league, league pass team we've kind of def- created as a mechanism to get through the 82-game season, sure. right? Like, yeah, that's a great for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I a think lot that's of them now true. are like, it's entertaining this season because there's a lot of like post tanks. Yes. You know, that's exactly right. Yeah, People are coming out of the tanks. So we like get to figure them out. And that's what I told you guys is like my... What? How I find league pass teams? It's like I like to see young guys that I didn't know were going to thrive in this way thrive. Okay, so give me an example. So like last year, obviously, like this is a very obvious example, but like Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz were obviously <laughs> oh, league pass team. That you want that? I mean, they were like we didn't think that they were going to yeah. have good offense. We thought that they were going to totally take an enormous step back. They wound up taking a step forward. Their offense was fun. Their defense was solid. They had all these guys who we just like did not know were going to play in this certain fashion or play this well and it was beyond uh donovan mitchell and so like that is what i like and then this year i kind of think of the nets Mm -hmm. in that way not necessarily that they're young but it's just like two years ago the joke about the nets was obviously like who are these guys you know and Mm -hmm. this year like 
They're not house. They're like SVU. It's like, you think D'Angelo <laughs> Russell's the one who did it. And sure. then it turns out it's Karis. Yeah. And then it's like, it's been Dinwiddie all along. Like, so I love watching that. I think it's a generational gap that you refer to it as SVU rather than Law & Order. Yeah. Uh, what do you look for, Justin? I think I think that hits on something. I mean, the Kings are probably uh, among the top league pass teams going right now. Uh, and I think for the reasons Haley kind of laid out, like we get to see guys that we weren't really sure about. We we knew they were good prospects coming in, but um, they're kind of taking a step forward here. But I think the big part of that is also the pace that they're playing at. I mean, we talked about this with the Lakers before, so I won't uh, belabor the point, but it's just like the ball moves. Mm-hmm. And especially in today's day and age, even if you're playing... Uh, 115 possessions like that might not be enough because there are teams that are playing like 130 like the Kings yeah I mean that's also like a basic entertainment thing right too because like if you're just watching people play ISO and that's why that's why I think the Rockets are actually rather unentertaining to watch aside from like some of the personalities that they have is the especially last season the amount of ISO like it was entirely based on how much you liked Harden's game and I actually don't like just on on an aesthetic level foul hunting so I kind of just was, would like like zone out when they were on. Yeah, it's anti-baseball, yeah. essentially. It, everything is in motion. Uh, even the Lakers, a team that doesn't really shoot a lot of three-pointers, which would rack up the score, but the, the, their ability to put so many passers on the court at the same time, the ball is just moving like constantly. This is why I like soccer so much, right. because it, it never stops. And when we get those possessions without stoppage in basketball, I think it's like the peak of entertainment value. Yeah. So was there any other aesthetic reasons, though, that you picked teams? <laughs> Chris is leaning into the fact that I put in our Slack earlier that I like teams with bright colors. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's something about a color palette. Maybe I'm just a... I just imagined no, I you at home, like, way, eating, eating Cherry Garcia. <laughs> Maybe. Listening to the dead and being like, yeah, yeah man. A little chunky monkey. <laughs> Look at this neon. <laughs> no, I, 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 I... This is crackpot, and I'm just going to keep rolling with it. But, like, I think about how, like, Portland puts in those, like, happy lights... Mm-hmm. During the winter, which are supposed to curb like uh, seasonal <laughs> induced Haley, <laughs> do you need a minute cackling? Right <laughs> but tell me, a team wearing yellow isn't more fun than a team wearing I don't know blue? <laughs> I guess you're right. I mean, I think that there is like a, a natural affinity for that. Uh, no, that's true. That's why I find the Hornets so boring. <laughs> right? Nobody likes teal. But teal is pretty bright. Teal. Yeah, it's, it's more of like a, a drab, they're, bright color. I don't know. Yeah. They're classic. <laughs> Uniforms are really nice. The well, we get yeah. really excited about like when the Heat do their Miami Vice outfit sure. uniforms. I, w- I don't know if that'll make me watch the Heat this year, though, to be honest. So here's another thing about the Heat. and Well, here's the thing about the Heat, and here's the thing about a lot of teams. And I, I think this is kind of like not always fair because there's so many different factors that go into this. But I really do respond on a pretty visceral level to like if you can detect atmosphere in a game. Mm-hmm. Like if you... It's just why like first half of heat games while people are still like getting to the arena is usually pretty dead. I feel the same. I hate the heat fans. <laughs> I don't hate heat fans. Although I, Rockets fans. I do like, I, I grew up in a different era of heat fans, I think, which was a lot of like, you know, snowbirds who come in for the playoffs and are like mm. Miami heat, baby. <laughs> uh, you know, I, but I would say that I, I'm not like a, I can't really watch Detroit games. There's like 16 people right, in that gym. Right, you know right. what I mean? And it's like, if you guys don't care, I don't care. Right. And unless it just it's, unless the, the Sixers court. are playing, I'm just not exactly. trying to watch. Yeah. That being said, I, uh, I, I will watch a Utah game. I will watch a Portland game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Places that Portland have is like so much fun in the Portland and it's kind of you know it's kind of hard to overstate this, but like pre Silicon Valley Oracle was like essentially Cameron every night, even yeah. If, yeah. no matter how bad the teams were. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I still like uh, 
I like the Raptors. Like the Raptors have pretty good crowds. Like especially like I mean playoffs. It's just absurd. It's more like a soccer right. crowd when it gets into the playoffs. But I really, really enjoy the Raptors crowds. And I and for as much as the product has been bad over the last couple of years, if the Knicks are ever mm-hmm. on a even more than two game win streak, two game win streak, the Garden's friggin' incredible. <laughs> right, and they also have that nice theater lighting. Yes, which yes. the Lakers have, right. the Nets have, and I think the Clippers have, have started. Have they started doing they, it? They I thought the Lakers wouldn't let them do it while they were at Staples. That's like a completely made up thing that I just did, but I thought that was the, the case. There are restrictions on the Clippers because they don't own the lease, but yeah, I think this season there's something going on with the lighting. It's a dimmer. Bit dimmer. It's not as it's not as drastic. Getting a higher Stream higher quality. It's a little more. The lighting's a little more yellow. Haley's like watching on like Azerbaijani streams. Change my IP address to China. It's interesting. It's interesting that you mentioned Cameron because of all the league pass traits we've listed so far. We're not a college basketball podcast, but I think like this Duke team hits on like every one of them. Oh, good call! They're gonna have an amazing atmosphere. They're gonna have young guys. That like we've known about because of RJ and Zion, and yeah. yeah. But now we finally and get they to They have see. pace because of how they're gonna, how they. It seems like they're gonna. Yeah, play. and at least for like the you know before they go play like the tournament of Atlantis for six weeks, <laughs> yeah. which is always the most confusing <laughs> thing about college basketball. Like college basketball is back, but we're going to the Bahamas for a little while. Sorry, we'll be back in a few months. And they play American like six times yeah. in a month. Yeah, yeah, but there will be that appointment TV element oh, yeah. to it, and you know that first North Carolina game will just be like nuts. You know. Yeah. Um. What else are we looking for from League Pass team? Anything? Heat check guy. Mm. That was mine. And I think I, as I've thought about that, I, I can even narrow it even a little further, which is I need like a fun guard. Okay. Because, you know, like if you're telling me that like Blake Griffin's got like 30 through, I don't know, half or something. And he's doing a lot of spin move layups. I might turn in, but it's not a thing where like, I'm like, I have to turn in. Whereas if you tell me, I don't know, CJ McCollum's got 30 and a half. Right. I might turn in. So I think for me specifically, like these guards that can just like get any shot. It's the post-Steph world. Exactly. I mean, it's obviously like yeah, Iverson, yeah, yeah. we've right. been watching these guys for a long, like guys like that for a while, but it is the the Steph kind of like, I'm blacked out. Like this yes. is going to, everything I shoot is going in is kind of the thing. There's mm-hmm. nothing more fun than a three-pointer from like five feet out. Yeah. And LeBron seems to almost <laughs> be willing to take these more. I can't tell it's because he's like trying to stretch the court or it's just like won't get back on offense. Yeah. <laughs> just like trying to get back on defense so he doesn't have to run as far. So can I uh, can I tell you guys who the league pass team is that you're all talking about? For um, It checks almost every box. If you say you guys, six No, you can't because oh, they don't really? shoot well. <laughs> I'm not trying to foist my agenda on you. Can we okay. guess? Wait, yeah, let's guess. Is it in the Western Conference? No, oh, okay, well, yeah. we can't do that. Is it in... Don't ask me the division. Yeah, I was like, wait, so the Thunder? I don't even know that. No. Oh, no, okay. it's not Well, the they have a good crowd. They have a great crowd. Yeah. yeah. I love that Good arena. Crowd. But I think Good everybody shooting. else has kind of broken heat me. Heat check guy, young people. I mean, I, I don't know about the heat Portland? check guy part, but it has everything else. Portland? No. The Suns. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, oh go God. away. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm here for this. I tweeted before the season that there are Post-tank. only three. Post tank, so they're getting better again. Oh, God. Mark and Mike are healthy. Jaron Jackson's good as shit. Mm. Holy cow. He is like, oh, I'm going to watch the Grizzlies now. It's like, what if Marvin Williams had been good? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <just like. laughs> but they also play at the league's 30th ranked pace. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like, it's not, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's like a complete perfect concoction here. Good mm-hmm. gym. 
like great crowd when yep. they when they're into it. You know, yes. last night they had uh, these these powder blue. It will basically looked like North Carolina, uh, it's like they had the, like the parquet court almost, or like the mm-hmm. weird the weird hardwood. Um, I don't know. I just thought that they were really exciting. Uh, Kyle Anderson is not exactly like a heat check guy, but he can make like cool pocket passes and make stuff happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. You guys yeah. don't seem to be buying into this. I You're mean, like, hey, the slowest it, guy to ever like, play basketball. You guys come up with one then. Green grind has returned slightly, but with like a little bit of spice, and that spice is like Jaron Jackson. It's, and like, it's I mean, bigger here, ball. <laughs> yeah, they're like I looked this up earlier, and there are way too many stats to get into. But the profile is basically grit and grind, but they shoot more threes. Yes. Right, exactly. Deep Which I'm, I'm into grind. that. I love watching Mike Conley. I think he's got one of the most fun and like unique games, just the way he <laughs> plays. And like Haley and Justin are not paying attention to me right now, but I was really <laughs> wax sporadic about Mike Conley. Haley just, just like totally put up a high five and then pulled it away because no, she realized right. it was going to make a sound. Yeah. 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 I don't it's know. Worth it. I'm kind of into that. <laughs> I'm enjoying them. Give me, give me somebody I else. Who then. <laughs> I mean, I said the Kings earlier. Yeah, I think they've been the most fun team to watch thus far. Are you yeah, still saying been, that? Like number really one fun. for you? Uh, I mean, Lakers number one to sell sure, my piece sure. on the Ringer.com. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> okay, but then the Kings. What about you? Well, it's just like I mean, first of all, I want to say yes to the Kings because the other thing about young guys thriving who I didn't think were going to thrive or necessarily weren't on my radar or whatever. A rookie having a tough rookie season and coming back and being like, no, guys, wait, I'm good, mm-hmm. is so much fun. Because you just want to root for the young guys. Fox so, is great. So De'Aaron Fox being really exciting is good. Um, I have a lot of heat check teams. League pass. Heat check. League, league pass. pass. League pass teams. And one of those is a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Do I'm the Bucks qualify? I guess they're too good. No, I think no, the no. Bucks- I would, I, okay, I'll, I'll make mine the Bucks because, <laughs> because uh, what else, what we didn't talk about before is that Anytime a team is being used differently is also exciting. Yes. Yeah, like that's when the new watch, system is put into place. That was yeah. why the Raptors for me were a league pass team yesterday. Okay. Because you want to watch and you want to find out what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I think that the Raptors, like, it's hard to get Kawhi is a little too flat personality wise. And I think that the Raptors are almost taking on his persona of just being like. Who said that they wanted Kawhi to come on their podcast? Who was it on the Raptors who has a podcast? He was like, yeah, I'm going to get Kawhi on it. Well, I think like, it's Danny Green. That sounds Oh, Danny Green has a pod? Awful. Think- Danny, you're going to get it canceled. <laughs> What's he going to talk about? If he just Remember does the laugh, the, it'll yeah, go viral. The preseason press conference where they were like, tell us a little bit about yourself. We don't know the anything. We're Canada. We're receptive. And he's like, well, I mean, you can't just ask me that. There's a lot that goes <laughs> to into be fair, it. it. You have to be specific. question. Um, back to Lee Passion. Yeah, I, I, I would tell nominate, me about yourself. I would nominate. He couldn't come up with anything for tell me about yourself besides I'm a fun guy and I like this basketball. Is the most passionate That's what I would say. Him. What else is he going to say? I like destroying the legacy <laughs> yeah. of one of the great sporting institutions. <laughs> I'm a fun guy is a classic response. Though. And like yeah. people say that fun good. guys are not fun guys. Yeah, Haley then, literally yeah. tells me this once a week. This <laughs> yeah. is this is not a bit. She's done one this time. Before. I was like, wouldn't this piece be fun? And he was like, Yeah, I love fun. And I was like, That's that's what people don't love. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Paolo, take us out. I was just going to say, I was just going to nominate the Pacers. Oh, I oh, think, yeah. I think, um, Depot kind of fits the, the heat check guy bill. And, and Haley and I have adopted Demonis De- De- Savonis for oh, some reason. I love and like, oh, what? <laughs> He's we really text fun. about it all the time. <laughs> you text about Demonis Savonis all the time? Like, I can show you the I, We can show you the receipts. <laughs> Sounds like a fun group chat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I think that's where you should wrap it love up right there. <laughs> this one kind of got away from me. Uh, I gotta admit. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to group chat. We got Savonis! Corner three tomorrow. Read Justin Verrier's Lakers piece on the ringer.com. 
Uh, we'll be back next week for Paolo, Justin, and Haley. I'm Chris. Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.